Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Sin always separates. So God says, I can't relate to you anymore. Sin has broken that relationship. So we have a picture that God is going to solve the problem through substitutionary atonement. The state of being at one. Unity, harmony, or being reconciled, reconciled with God. So that sacrifice, that blood sacrifice, brought them back in relationship with God. Two of the basic principles of our legal system are the right of an accused person to know the charges against him and the right to face his accusers in open court. It's hard to imagine a more helpless feeling than being accused of something when you have no idea what you're being charged with and no opportunity to defend yourself. A person in this situation needs a defense attorney. We have such a defender in the heavenly courts. Jesus Christ the perfectly righteous one. We can be thankful for this because we're the ones under accusation. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 for part one of our message entitled, Jesus, God's Provision for Sinful Mankind. And you can turn to 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, we'll tell you how to get there. There's your little cheat sheet right there, and directions where to go, go to the end of the Bible, and Revelation's right down there, just move forward a little bit, 1 John chapter 1, and then we'll be in John chapter 2 as well. Now, for some of you, we'll go back a little bit in time. Uh, For some of you that are really young, this won't make any sense to you, but it will once you see it. In those days, we went to the blackboard. I I will not lie to the teacher. I will not. Sometimes 100, 200, 300 times. How many? Man, carpal tunnel. Could have sued the teacher today, but you couldn't do it then. They'd add another 1,000 to your list. Well, this was one way students were punished after disobeying the teacher. We knew that our disobedience in in the class, we definitely knew we'd be punished. Now, when we got older, we discovered the same thing in life. It was kind of a normal deal. When you first got your license and you drive through a red light, and if there happened to be an officer around, you know you're going to get it. You're going to pay a fine, you're going to be punished and whatever. Well, we learned last weekend that everybody sins. Not just in school, not just on the road. Everybody breaks God's commandments, God's laws, God's word. We learned that sin really involves you in the middle. Sin, S-I-N. 
in. It's simply me living independent of God, and the way I do that is I totally ignore the Bible, the Word of God. Not interested in it, I'm just going to do my own thing. Now, we started in a bad condition. When you were born, you're born with a sin nature. We'll see how that happens quickly. But then, like the blackboard, like every other area in our life, we also choose to sin by practice. And the problem that we haven't spoken of over the last few weeks is there is a problem because there is a wage to sin. It is not the blackboard. Notice, first thing for you to write on all of our campuses is this. The penalty of sin is death. It's not 500 times I will not steal. Death. And what do we mean by death? Death in the Bible is basically a term called separation. For us, it's separation physically when you leave your body and your spirit moves one of two places. So this death is spiritual separation that we're going to talk about tonight from a holy God. Right now, if, if you're not believer, you're separated from God. So there's a spiritual death. And Ephesians chapter 2. You were in that that sin state. There, there's no relationship with God. But then the, the real danger is if we don't do something about it, we will be separated from God forever. Now, before death, if you don't have a relationship with God tonight, some of you don't at our campuses, and we're going to give you that great opportunity, perfect picture tonight for you to accept Christ. Before death, that means you're kind of doing things on your own. You're lonely and empty and guilty. You're afraid of death. Life doesn't have a purpose. It doesn't seem to have a meaning. And I think if you're astute, you'll be honest to agree with that. Because we're seeing more and more people in the news, highlighted people that have everything the world can offer, and they're committing suicide. Well, why is that? Because they're they're empty. They don't have God. There's no purpose. They have everything the world says you can have and would bring purpose and meaning. There is none. So after death, of course, that spiritual death calls separation from God in hell forever. Now, you see this verse, and you'll see the contrast. We're going to study tonight, how do we get the contrast? You know this verse by heart. For the wages, the the penalty of sin, is death. We just explained that to you. But there's something that's good news. The gift of God, salvation, is eternal life, not death, not darkness, light, life, in Christ Jesus, uh, our Lord. Now, how do we learn that we're all sinners? How does a person get rid of their sin and this devastating penalty? The Apostle Paul taught us that God had a solution. We just don't come to a church and go, well, everybody's going to die. You're going to die separated from God. Everybody's going to hell. Have a nice week. Let's sing another song. Well, who would come? Nobody would come because there's no hope. But John, in 1 John 1, 9, where I've asked you to turn, you will see the solution that John presents to us. Notice there's always a choice involved with it. All of our campuses, first word, if. John says it like this. If, if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and he's just. 
And he will forgive our, forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we learned last week when convicted by the Holy Spirit, we honestly admit instead of making excuses and we confess and we forsake the sin. Then we believe and receive, we learned last week, complete forgiveness. Our sins are forgiven and God forgets them. But the question remains, where did that forgiveness, where did that gift of salvation come from? How did it, how did it happen? Now, we do know this from the Bible, that good people don't go to heaven. So that forgiveness, that, that, that uh, eliminating the death penalty did not come because I was good. So, it doesn't come from writing a thousand times on the blackboard. I will not lie. I will not lust. That will never outdo your sin. We, we do know only forgiven people go to heaven. But where, again, where did that forgiveness come from? Who paid the penalty for me? How did that look? We get a huge clue from two verses before. Look what John taught us. All of our campuses here in Melbourne, Sebastian, Vieira, and online. Look at 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, that relationship with God, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, God and other Christians. And here's the key. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. So where did this forgiveness come from? You see two things we're going to talk about tonight. This forgiveness has to do, number one, with Jesus. And number two, it has to do with His blood. Now that's a little strange. But as we study the Bible, and you'll see this very easily tonight, as we study the Bible, there's a truth that you need to understand. Now I want to say this. You you can go to thousands of churches... For two or three years, a thousand churches around the world, and you'll never hear any topic about the blood of Jesus Christ. Because it's like not in vogue. It's outdated. Why would you talk about that, Pastor Mark? That's like Old Testament. That's ridiculous stuff. No, you'll see tonight how important it is. Here's the principle from Genesis to Revelation. Write it down. Put it in your Bibles later. Blood cleanses sin. It's a truth from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Now, you say, Pastor Mark, can you explain that to me? I'll I'll tell you what the Bible says. Do I totally understand it? No, I don't. But that's what God did. God sets the rules. God set the solution. That is it. Since God is holy, no sin, and He's just, He cannot leave sin unpunished. You're glad for that truth. We live in a country, pretty much, lots of abuses, but overall, we we live in a country where there's some justice. Could I hear an amen? You can be in lots of places. You go under Sharia law or whatever, there ain't going to be no justice or grace for you. There's plenty of places around the world there isn't justice. But we have a little bit of justice. So we like that because the people that are guilty... They pay for their, their, their sins, their penalties. But God is holy and just, so He can't leave sin unpunished. And the Bible definitely makes it clear that that punishment is spiritual death, separation from God. But God is also 
Not just holy, not just just, but God is love. That's the definition. And he would provide a solution to man's sin. He wants to provide that. So we're going to take a really quick trip through the Old Testament. So turn to Genesis chapter 3, and then we're going to end up right back in, in 1 John chapter 2. Go to right to Genesis chapter 3. We begin at verse 7. Now remember, Adam and Eve, you know the story well, where the first couple were created to live in harmony with God. No sin, no sin nature, everything fine, one rule, everything beautiful with each other and with creation. All they needed to do, watch me, watch me, I'm Adam, my wife Eve, God, we're in unity, we're in unity. There's a oneness, there's a oneness. You need to understand that word, we're in unity, there's a oneness. Now, all we needed, all Adam and Eve needed to do with that oneness, that, that relationship, that ongoing relationship, was simply, very simply, maintain that unity by obeying the one instruction God gave. Of course, they disobeyed that one rule. Now, look what happened in verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Unfortunately, because they sinned, they destroyed this fellowship with God. And you'll see, if you look at the story, we're not going to go in depth tonight, they hide from God. When we're guilty, we hide. Anybody remember as a child? Stealing a few cookies that you weren't supposed to get because mom was taking them to somewhere else. Mom came in and says, where's the cookies? I had two dozen here. I have eight left. <laughs> Were you in the kitchen going, no, you hid somewhere, didn't you? So Adam and Eve actually go away and God comes after them. But what before God comes, what are they going to do? Take a look at that verse again. They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. When they sinned, they tried to solve their sin problem themselves. Their own good works. This is the first picture of the religion of good works in the Bible. They decided, look, we're guilty. We're going to do something to solve this problem. So by their own good works, they put these fig leaves and Eve covered herself and Adam covered himself and we're all set now. They think. Look down to verse 21. When God finally got to them, gave them all the penalties that were going to happen. They'd be kicked out of the garden. Uh, The sin nature comes. It affects all of us. They would eventually now die. You'll see that in a moment. They'll die uh, physically. Immediately they died spiritually. That relationship was broken. But look what God does in verse 21. Then the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. But what happened? God didn't accept their attempt to cover their own sins with good works. It's the first picture, because people don't believe that today. Remember, number one belief in the world, 
A good people go to heaven. You can get to heaven by good enough. Right from the beginning, only one couple ever around. God says, no, that won't work. Your good work will not solve your sin problem. Now, not only did that happen, but God had warned them that they will die spiritually, now, physically, later. But God in his love, notice what he does. He has to kill an animal, never been killing before. Man was vegetarian. He has to kill an animal to be the substitute, remember the word, for their sin. God sacrificed an animal. He shed its blood to provide garments as a covering from Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve have never seen an animal who had its blood shed. They'd never seen the pain of, and the look in an animal, and it died. But they saw the high cost of their sin as they were now wearing the skin. I imagine that stayed with them a long time. We don't know the timing, but that skin may have been warm when minutes before it was on a live animal. They saw vividly with their own eyes what sin had caused. So verse 21, you may want to write it in your Bible later. You can write it like this. Next, we have the first picture of substitutionary atonement. Don't worry about the big words. There's only two or three of them tonight. They're very simple to understand. Atonement. At one mint. It's the state of being at one. Remember, when they sinned, their relationship with God, that, that oneness that I told you about, was broken. Sin always separates. So God says, I can't relate to you anymore. Sin has broken that relationship. So we have a picture that God is going to solve the problem through substitutionary atonement. The state of being at one. Unity, harmony, or being reconciled, reconciled with God. So that sacrifice, that blood sacrifice, brought them back in relationship with God. It was nothing Adam and Eve did. It's because God loved them. That he did that. Now, as we go through First John, it'll take us a while to finish it. You'll see there's, there's usually, not always, because sometimes it's just amazing what God does, but usually when we sin, there's consequences. There's consequences. Forgiven, but consequences. Here there's consequences. You ladies that have childbirth today, the painful, blame her. That's right. You guys are trying to get rid of the dollar weed grows faster than anything else in your yard, blame Adam. All the rest of that stuff. Out of the garden they go, separated from God, and pretty soon they discover that in their own family, their first two sons, there's murder. Why? The sin nature started there. It's the nature you and I have. Now, 
Years later, we see this principle in many ways in the Bible. One of the great ones is when we go through the book of Exodus, we see Moses and the Passover. How did the children of Israel get out of Egypt that night? Well, they had to take an animal, sacrifice it, put the blood on the doorposts. And, it's, and when the angel saw it, he passed over. That, that's the Passover. That's that same exact principle. Then in Leviticus, where I'm going to ask you to turn now, Leviticus chapter 17, 11. Most of you have probably not been studying that since the beginning of the year, but you can turn there to Leviticus 7. There's lots of really good stuff in that book. We see God giving further instructions in the law regarding all kinds of sacrifices and offerings to solve man's sin problem. Now, the Old Testament sacrifices, you, you'll hear me say this three or four times, the Old Testament sacrifices never really removed sin. It just covered the sin. They were all be, you don't have to write it down, you'll see it later. The Old Testament system was always temporary. It was always a picture to Jesus who would offer the final solution to this. Now, why the blood? Just take a look at Leviticus 17.11. For the life of a creature is in the blood. And I, God, have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life, for one's sins. So the life of animals and humans, of course, is where? It's in the blood tonight. If an animal or person loses enough of their blood, there is no life. So see, it was special. Since man is a spiritual being, God used that physical principle and he just brought it into the spiritual world. So I want you to write it like this, and you'll begin to have a little glimpse why Jesus is going to have to shed his blood and why God put blood as that that cleanses sin. Notice next. Our physical and our spiritual life depends on blood. Our physical, naturally, that's a no-brainer for all of us, and our spiritual life Depends on the blood. Now, you're going to see that later. So isn't it interesting you won't find this often taught in a church? Well, wait a minute. My whole life depends on it. I have to understand how all this happened. Now, when you get to the New Testament, the book of Hebrews is always about Jesus was better than all the Old Testament systems. Not that they were bad, but they were just shadows of that which was to come. Notice Hebrews 9.22, huge important verse. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Now really, I don't have to go any farther than that. So there has to be somebody that, an animal or something, or somebody that sheds his blood for me, because I can't be good enough. If I shed my own blood, I'm not any good because I have sin already in me. So notice, the principle behind atonement is a life for a life. Sin, simply living independent of God and disobeying His Word. This is how Pastor Mark described sin to us. It's not a very pleasant description of sin, but it's an important message for us to hear. 
Sin prohibits us from having a relationship with God. So there must be a solution to this separation. Blood had to be shed for our cleansing. That blood came from Jesus, the perfect lamb that was sacrificed for us. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now be sure and tune in next time when we learn about the Old Testament sacrificial system. There had to be a sacrifice to cover the sins of the people. This would restore their relationship with God. We don't have to sacrifice an animal anymore. Jesus came to earth to be a sacrificial offering. He covered the sins for all of mankind. This shows us how much God desired to have a relationship with us. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for